Welcome back to The Balancing Act with Dr. Andrew Tempty, President and Global Head of Corporate Learning. Of course, also the author of the book Balancing Act, available wherever you purchase books. I suggest you head out and find it. Uh, we are on episode nine here. Ego and continuous improvement is the balancing act we'll talk about here Again, if you haven't listened to the previous eight episodes, I highly recommend going back to uh, get the foundational pieces that got us to this point. Uh, if you don't want to head back, dive in here by all means, but uh, it'll help uh, you better understand the concepts we talk about here today. Now, Andy, we, we teased this out at the end of the previous episode around the idea of what continuous improvement is, uh, and you touch on minimizing waste in multiple different ways. For the sake of this episode and for maybe somebody who is joining uh, separately from the eighth episode, how would you define what continuous improvement is? Yeah, this is a really touchy subject for a lot of people. Uh, and it's a touchy subject because the constructs of Six Sigma and Lean have uh, been around for, uh, for decades. And the... and. And, and the, especially the concept of, of lean, uh, it, it just really has a bad title. Um, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it freaks people out. It, people think that, oh, I'm going to be leaned. And that means I'm going to lose my job is, is, is essentially how folks, folks interpret that. And so, so lean uh, has gotten a, a really bad rap. In, uh, in, in many circles. Uh, and the other thing that, uh, that I'm on a, a mission for is to uh, promote uh, continuous improvement within service industries and uh, just you know, kind of non-manufacturing uh, industries. Uh, so what I've tried to do over the last 10 years is boil down the concepts of continuous improvement and the tenets of lean uh, into three categories. And that is category one is that you want to identify and eliminate waste. Number two, respect your people, both your customers and your, and your people resources, particularly your people resources. And third is have a maniacal focus on the needs of your customer. So when you boil down continuous improvement to those three tenets, it's really hard to argue that uh, that continuous improvement is a, is a bad thing. As we connect the dots here, I've connected a lot to, to personal growth and, and the personal process uh, outside of the workplace. Uh, continuous improvement, the idea here seems like it, it has the ability to be applied in multiple different facets, multiple different ways of, of creating a better self, creating a better worker, a better husband, a better father, a better wife, whatever it may be. Um, how do we balance the personal and corporate entity here of ourselves in continu continuously improving and making sure that we are um, being respectful of both our business self and our home self in, in the improvement process? Yeah, so the awesome thing about continuous improvement as applied in a uh, non-rigid fashion, uh, and I think that's the point that I was trying to get at before, is that purist lean or continuous improvement adoption requires all sorts of scary terminology and right. you know, kind of rigid thinking uh, around the practice itself. 
But once you step back from that and you think about continuous improvement using the three tenets of identify and eliminate waste, respect people, and uh, have a maniacal focus on your customer, uh, and you start applying those constructs in the world of work, it, it becomes really hard to disconnect the, the, the continuous improvement expert that you are at work from being a continuous improvement expert in your personal life. <laughs> it's really hard to go from asking the five whys at work and being curious at work and then come home and not apply the five right. whys. It, you know, it, and that's why you know, bringing one's, in the book we talk about bringing one's whole self to work. And this is the kind of the backward flow of, of, that, uh, of that construct. You're bringing your whole self to work, but at the same time, the tenets of uh, the, the beliefs and the purpose that you're living at work then uh, come back into and permeate your, 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 per, your personal life. So just, just this, this there, there are many tenets of continuous improvement, but this concept of just asking the five, you know, the, the five whys, just for those of you that have never heard of the five whys, is if you face an issue or a challenge, ask why. And then if the, and then get that answer and ask yourself if that's the final destination, if that's root cause. And if it's not, ask another why. And then look at that, those results. And if that's root cause, then you've got something to fix or to, uh, to, to work on. Uh, but if it's not, ask another why. And the whole construct is, if, if you ask five whys, you're gonna get down to root cause. You're, 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 you're going to get there. And that, that works in relationships, it works in business, uh, it works in family, it works in your garage, <laughs> you, you know, so. It's, uh, I, I say this slightly tongue in cheek, but it's, it's almost a three-year-old's approach to the world, right? A, a three-year-old is constantly asking why something works or why, like, why, why that, why? And it, it, we, there's a lot to learn there in as we grow and as we almost learn out of being curious. We learn out of questioning things. We learn out of these processes you've talked about through these episodes and in your book is re-engaging sort of that curiosity uh, that we have when we're toddlers and we're trying to figure out the world. Um, I clearly have a toddler right now is why I'm in the, the thick of it. Uh, but I think it's such an interesting concept here to back into almost bringing your business self home, not in a negative way, but the things you learn at work are part of your life too, are part of, you can't shut that off. Yeah. And now just think about yourself as the manager, you, the parent yep. are the manager to, to the, to the three-year-old. And I don't want any individual contributors to think that we're <laughs> talking to them as three-year-olds. That's not the point here. Right. The, the point is that the, what are the, what does the parent say when the child asks why that, you know, one too many times the parent says, and I've, I've been guilty of this, well, it just is. Yep. Because I said so. <laughs> because I said so. And and that is uh and, and that that is the beatdown that then uh pushes a, ch a child as they grow. Yep. Uh and uh and and an adult in the world of work uh to detach. Yep. And uh and and trust erodes. Uh and they think, well, 
gosh, if I ask questions, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be told that's the way it is. Suck it up. Just, uh, just get on, get on with your day. And, uh, and so I, I, I love where you took this conversation to, to the three-year-old who's asking why and, and the parent and, and immediately Absolutely. in my mind, it's like, well, because it's just so you can take that whole construct, flip it around and bring that into the world of work and ask yourselves how many times as an individual contributor, have you, uh, have you, have you heard that kind of answer from a, from a, from, from even a good boss, but you're probably going to get that more from a quote unquote bad boss. Yep. A boss that does not have an agile mindset, has, has more of a fixed mindset, a my way or the highway uh, approach, is not empathetic, uh, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. You also, uh, you see it, I think, often when uh, a CEO or, or a head of a department has a specific way of doing something and their direct reports say, well, that's his vision or that's her vision and aren't able to answer those why questions or aren't able to articulate the whys there. And I think that's a disconnect in business as well, where you're not cascading information, you're not over communicating, as you've talked about so many times before here on this podcast. Uh, I want to connect to ego uh, as we've talked throughout these nine episodes. And Again, defining it as a good ego, a strong ego. Ego often has a negative connotation. Uh, but how is it a strong ego helps you with continuous improvement? How does it help set you up to make sure you're doing things in, in the correct fashion from your point of view? Yeah, so that uh, to me comes down to really the courage that we, that we were alluding to uh, previously in the conversation of the parent and the three-year-old yep. or the individual contributor and, uh, and, and the fixed mindset boss. Um, uh, a strong ego is necessary uh, to be able to have the constructive, not destructive, the constructive courage to, uh, to ask why multiple times. Uh, and to allow for uh, experiments to fail, and you learn from them, and you and you can and you continuously uh, continuously improve uh, upon that. Uh, so, uh, so the, there's a concept in continuous improvement. Another one that I'll introduce. We've introduced the five whys as a tool. Another one uh, is managing for daily improvement, or MDI. An MDI is nothing more difficult than uh, pad of post-it notes uh, in, uh, or virtual post-it notes in your team and allowing individuals or setting up the framework for individuals to go write down, I think we can save, sh shave five minutes off of this process by changing X to Y, write it down, post it on, on the board, and at the end of the week, uh, manager, team all get together, they look at the board of the suggestions for daily improvement, you, you, pull, you pull some off and you go, wow, Susie, this is a really good idea, and let's implement this right now. Right. We're going to save that five minutes and we're going to bank that uh, to, uh, to, 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 fix, to help fix these other challenges that, uh, that, that we have. Uh, but it's the, uh, some people 
are have been so conditioned that making any kind of suggestion is either not going to be followed up on, yep. uh, you're not going to be listened to, uh, it's just going to be thrown in the trash. But boy, you can change the trust environment and a team awfully fast by simply adopting managing for daily improvement and listening and adopting those that that make sense and those that don't make sense you can't go well that was a dumb idea uh susie uh we're just going to throw that one in the trash that's where the whys come back in the you know thank you for making this suggestion this is the compliance reason why we're, we can't do this uh or this relies as a dependency on something different uh that maybe that individual contributor was not aware of right uh, and it's a way again to uh, build transparency, build build trust uh, with, with within 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 the team. But back to your question, ego, strong ego, is necessary for somebody to uh, build the courage uh, to to ask the wise and to uh, make make suggestions and and do do so uh, and feel uh, maybe you know safety is uh, is a tricky word but feel comfortable enough to be able to offer those things up. Yeah, it makes a, a lot of sense. And even the uh, using the whys to understand why someone wrote that post-it note, like what 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 maybe am I missing in this process? Can you, you explain it to me a little further so I understand it? Former uh, manager at Kaplan did a great job of always saying, can you help me understand? What Like, can you help me understand this? Because maybe she didn't think it was a good idea at first, but she wanted to make sure she fully understood it before saying no, like fully got the, the grasp of everything, uh, which I always thought was impressive. Uh, the the closeout here is going to talk a little bit about entropy, and we're not closing out this minute, but uh, closing as we, we get to the end of this episode. And I I know loosely what entropy means, right? I, I know loosely what uh, how I've seen it in a book or in an article. How do you define it in how we're constructing this podcast and what it means uh, for continuous improvement and for the overall arch of, of growth uh, as a manager and as an employee. Yeah. So I entropy uh, is a physical construct. Uh, it's related to the laws of thermodynamics. Uh, we're not going to get into right. those. Uh, that, is, that is not the point of this podcast. Uh, but Entropy is uh, is is essentially uh, the, the, the 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 fact that a complex system is will naturally fall apart, uh, will naturally degrade and fall apart over time. We as human beings, uh, almost from the moment of birth, are in the process of uh, of both growing for a short period of time, but then we rapidly start the, the downward spiral uh, to our graves. And if that just uh, gave you a twinge in your stomach or you didn't like hearing that, um, engage in some self-reflection uh, because we're all gonna die someday. Right. Uh, let's, be, let's just be honest with ourselves. And so this concept of entropy is that complex systems, a human is a complex, a very, very complex system, we are, by the laws of nature, falling apart. Now, yes, we're falling apart, but we also, as human beings, have the tools to 
continuously put ourselves back together to find that next best version of ourselves. Uh, and that's, that's, that's our goal. If, if, if I can encapsulate everything in these nine episodes in kind of one, uh, one picture or, or, or one statement for you is that we're always falling apart and the purpose of, of my, my, my book is to help folks understand that we want to be continuously putting ourselves back together to find that next best version of ourselves. Yeah, it's the, the uh, version 2.0 and 3.0 like as you are continuing to get uh, better and better. So we've talked a lot about a, a lot of things across these nine episodes. And we've talked about the, the different comparisons of ego versus different things. And you've talked about processes by which people can improve themselves. What are the, the tools? What are the, the quivers, you know, the bows in the quiver, or the, the tools in the toolbox uh, that you describe or would like to describe here uh, for this to be a continuous process of putting ourselves back together, of improving each time we put ourselves back together? Yeah, and the, so this is where the if I if I go back to the the tenets of of lean, uh, which was which was first started uh, by by Toyota uh, back in the nineteen eighties, uh, is many of the many of those tools are useful in this process of putting our businesses back together. If you know if if you just want to focus here on business. Uh, the, the tenets of lean are awesome. This concept of managing for daily improvement. Uh, we, we, we don't have time to intro fully introduce a concept of the Kaizen event, uh, but, but that is an awesome, awesome tool. Uh, another awesome tool is visual management. Uh, and uh, in, in lean and continuous improvement, that's called, uh, those are called, uh, you can call them Gemba boards. Uh, Gemba is a Japanese term for where the work happens. And having, having visual management of the good, bad, and the ugly of what's happening within your department for all to see so that nothing is hidden away. Right. Uh, all the warts aren't in the drawer over there and that all the decks that you have and all the descriptions of your department are all rosy. Everything's fine over here. Look over there for the bad stuff. Uh, so concepts of visual management. Once you engage and start using those tools, uh, then, then change becomes uh, maybe not easier, but it becomes just part of the DNA and of, of, the, of the culture. You're always moving forward. You're always looking to, uh, to, to improve because you know that you don't have it all figured out as a team, as, 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 an, as an individual. That, uh, so building the culture of, uh, as you've talked about, the, the self-reflection, the, the meditation, the uh, ego, the, the balancing those two sides, isn't just an individual process, but it sounds like you're saying it's a, it's a team process. It's, it's having a, a shared sense of those things. Uh, it's as if uh, through these nine episodes, we've come to a point where if you exemplify those things as a manager and you build that culture, that's the culture your team will, will take on. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, you, 
as the leader, you have, and this is where, this is where continuous improvement, frankly, breaks down a lot, is that the leadership of an organization does not believe that continuous improvement applies to them. Right. They believe that their learning is done, their evolution is over, they've reached whatever pinnacle of success that, uh, that they want to reach. And so therefore, I've got, I've got nothing else to learn. You kind of see it in the fixed mindsets of, of, uh, of folks who have reached a certain age uh, in, in their life. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Everybody's just now got to listen to me and I'm not going to take on board any more information because I'm mentally inflect. I, I've, I have maybe, I, I've seen people make a conscious decision to become mentally inflexible. Yep. <laughs> and say, I, I, I'm done. So continuous improvement, lean practices, they break down because they're not, the, it, it is something that happens to the people of the business and not something that senior management has adopted themselves and is driving down and through, uh, and through the organization. So uh, on the flip side of that, if management does adopt uh, the tenets of continuous improvement uh, and really walks the, the, the talk here, all of a sudden transparency, trust uh, in, increases substantially uh, because the line workers see that management is right in there uh, with them, is willing to be vulnerable, has the courage uh, to, to change, because I guarantee you, there's not many guarantees in this life, but I can almost, I can virtually guarantee you that your line workers are not going to find the courage to challenge the status quo if they don't see the same things happening uh, at, at, the top, at the top levels of the company. It, why bother is, is going to be the, the common refrain because Every time we make a suggestion, it goes into a black hole. We never get any feedback right. and nothing and nothing ever changes. If you're a listener, how, how many times have you heard that yourself say that? How many times have you heard your coworkers say that? And sometimes, Dan, it's the courage to opt out of a particular environment. And that's continuous. That's personal continuous improvement to say, you know what? My purpose does not fit with the purpose right. of this business. And so therefore I'm going to be brave and I'm going to opt out and go and, and go find something that aligns, uh, aligns with, with my purpose. That makes a, a ton of sense. We've come to uh, the end of our, our nine episode season one. We'll have more coming from Andy. You know, of course, find him over on LinkedIn as well uh, to, to follow his work there and connect and, and reach out. Um, any Final thoughts. I know that's kind of hard after the discussions we've had and, and the long range of your book. My final thought is go buy the book. But uh, anything to to leave with the listeners as we've discussed through uh, the variety of topics that we have over the past nine episodes? Yeah, I think it's important uh, at the end here, at least of season one, to just remind everybody that I'm I'm not a social psychologist. Uh, I'm I'm you know I'm not a licensed this or that. Uh, I am a leader uh, who has had a 30 plus year career in business. 
I've seen a lot. I've learned a lot. I've made many mistakes that uh, that that I have uh, hopefully learned from. Uh, I've got a lot of learning yet to do. Uh, so I, I encourage you to take what we've discussed and ensure that uh, that uh, that you adopt that which fits with you and your purpose, that which can help make you just a little bit better and do more research. Uh, we, we are going to have a reading list that, uh, that we put with uh, the podcast episodes uh, that, uh, that will give you some guidance there. Uh, but, uh, but please just know that uh, I'm, a guy, I'm a guy who's seen a lot, done a lot, uh, and, and I want to uh, help you get better, but this is not a one-stop shop. This is a journey uh, that you're on of continuous improvement and of, uh, of, of getting uh, better as a human, uh, both uh, in the world of work and in, in personal lives. Uh, don't be afraid to go and do some, uh, do some therapy and connect with, with a licensed therapist and discuss deeply some of the topics that, uh, that, we've, that we've delved into, uh, in, in, into here. Go out and experience, go out and fail, uh, go out and uh, be a part of the workplace and have that courage that Andy's talked about uh, throughout this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening, of course, uh, available on all the podcasting apps and over on YouTube, leave comments, leave ratings. We appreciate that as well. Share on social media, reach out uh, if you have any feedback. Podcasts at Kaplan.com is the best place to do that. You can also find, uh, as I said, Andy over on LinkedIn and follow his work there. It's been a pleasure, Andy, to uh, have these discussions with you and we'll be back with season two uh, in a different form and different topics, but we will continue bringing you great content around continuous education and corporate learning here at Kaplan and beyond. Yes, and thank you, Dan Strafford. Uh, this, these have been wonderful conversations. Uh, the audience needs to know oh, what a wonderful human being you are. Oh, I thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And we'll keep conversations going offline as well. So it's always good to talk to Andy uh, and uh, find him, though, over on LinkedIn. The work will continue to come out uh, over there. Appreciate it. And uh, you've been listening to The Balancing Act. Mm-hmm.